to the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. So the thing is, is what we have to do is we have to look at our, you know, 2020, and I don't see nothing but our, our successful year. I don't see anything else other than this is a breakout year. Now you might not be seeing it, but I don't think you really have been paying attention to a lot of things we've been talking about or scripture. Did you know that in the midst of a famine, you can be successful? Now we don't know what a famine is, especially in this day and age because of technology. So we can have effects of it not raining for a couple years like normal, but because of technology, it doesn't bother us is as if we were back, you know, a hundred years ago. Because when a famine comes in, things die. Thing, everything dies. People die, animals die, crops die. Death is in famine. But in the scripture, it shows God's covenant when believed and operated in, even in the midst of a famine, you can have success. That is that I, I just look at that stuff and I'm thinking, uh, what are we doing? You know, what, what are we going to believe? We're going to believe this truth. Or are we going to believe our what? Our lives, our past, our, our understanding through society. Or are we going to believe God? We're going to believe his word. We're going to believe the truth. Listen, I didn't say it's simple, but it's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to believe him and believe his word. And that's what I want us to always remind ourselves because we all have the opportunity to look away from it and not pay attention to what scripture teaches, not pay attention to our responsibility to not continue in sin or to hold unforgiveness or to stay in a position where you, you, you know, you're, you're still bitter. Listen, Christians, let me point this out to you. Some of you religious ones out there, you think it's a badge to carry that I've been offended. I've been hurt. It isn't a badge. It's a snare. You're trapped. This is something to be proud of. Uh, no, listen, I've, I've watched Christians live lives where they want to show people the badge of, I've been hurt. Celebrate me. Uh, th that's silly, isn't it? Because everything about those things I just talked about, according to scripture, bring the enemy, destruction, death, sickness, disease. And you might be thinking, well, did God do that? No, no, God doesn't do that. That's medical science has proven that. Carry unforgiveness and bitterness in your life. And even a doctor will tell you, it's going to make you sick. So don't bring that religious God. It ain't about God. It's about this cursed, sinful world that brings death, destruction, and ugly. And we're not a part of that covenant. We're part of the new covenant of life. Amen. I want you to live life. I want your families to live life. I want your marriages to live life. I want your guys' lives to be successful. So what is 2020? It is our breakout year. No matter what the drama. Amen. No matter what the drama. Now we have the title is too much drama or is it? And this is what I want us to understand. I, I mentioned this last week, but I'm going to do it again because I want you to look at our flesh nature, our training. And when we pay, listen, there's nothing wrong with recognizing how you were raised. Okay, it, there's nothing wrong looking at, man, I had a screwed up life. I wasn't raised correctly. My parents this, my parents that, my grandma this, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with looking at that, but also paying attention. Because a wise man or woman is also going to realize that that training is there. And if you don't consciously make a decision to be different, you revert to your training. I'll never be like them. You're just like them. 
unless you change, unless you consciously. And we can all revert back to our mom or our dad. You guys have done that before. Come on. Y'all looking at me like, not me, not me. But it happens. So what we do is we realize that and we stay strong. We recognize, I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to that way. Guys that have success in life, not abide by your past. Well, mine was good. According to the Bible, God said, take it off. Because you're good and God's good are not the same thing. Not the same thing at all. So let's recognize that. Let's move on and let's have success. And, and let's see. Let, let's go into this year. Let's don't, let's don't wait for something to get better. Forget that. Today is the day the Lord has made for you. You, you can't rejoice and be glad in it if it's working. Rejoice and be glad on it if everything's going good. No. I've had some uh, aggravations in the past couple months. Air conditioning's breaking down. Church at my house. Flat tires. Batteries going out. And there are so many times when I can go, ah! But I choose not to. Because I can tell you right now, those can happen when everything's awesome. You guys understand that? It's just amplified because of ugly. You guys realize this? And it's something that if you focus on the negative, you're going to produce negative. As a man or woman constantly thinks, so it's going to be. I'm trying to continue, continually to remind you, my brothers and sisters, even though you know these truths, I'm going to continually remind you. You can understand that. And that means you've got you've to always pay attention to how you think and what you're thinking about. I tell people, never, ever, ever make decisions during stress times. You can't tell me this pandemic has been, oh, this is simple. Everything's great. No, it isn't. And you know it. Do not, because science, psychology, psychiatry has proven you cannot make a right choice in the midst of stressful times. Doctors even tried to get you to understand. Say, for instance, your child gets hurt real bad. And you got to do it. You got to make decisions, right? And a lot of times people freeze or they can't make a correct decision because of the stress. So what happens, it causes more problem and more issue. And people, the first thing a 911 will do is calm, stop, calm, 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 calm yourself, calm yourself. Get you to quit going, ah, because nothing's going to get help. You can't think correctly. That stress will rob your ability to weigh risk and reward. That's a fact. So I tell people, don't, don't make decisions. Don't make any decisions. You make decisions when things are going good. Because that's usually when you're going to make right decisions. Not when things, let's make decisions. I just got fired. No, you better chill a little bit. No, I'm serious. You better, don't, don't do that. I just got divorced. And what do they want to do? I need to get married. No, no, listen, no, what you need to do is you need to take like 20 years of figuring that one out because you're going to go right back in where you were before. We don't want that. And that's why certainly it's not what God wants. So drama is available. And like I said, when you look at scripture, I mean, not scripture, when you look at psychology and stuff, it shows that people will tend to focus more on negative, especially when they're trying to make sense of things. It's weird, but that's the nature. So we're not going to look at the positives of everything that's happening. We're going to look at the one negative that affects me. Everything else around you can be positive, positive, positive. But that one negative, what has happened? Never forget this follower of Jesus. Never forget this. We are spiritual warfare first. And a lot of you, I don't think you're remembering that the devil's attacking. And he's trying to get you to do wrong. 
to make a bad decision, to say the wrong thing, to think the wrong thing. We don't war against people, but against spiritual. But see, Christianese, religious people, we don't want to think that way. We want to think that I'm common sense. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to start making decisions. No, you're not. There is an enemy. Don't, don't play the religious devil out there. Recognize that he's on the war path every day, seeking whom he may devour. And I know this about nature, watching Discovery Channel, which I love to watch, especially when it has to do with the lions or the hyena, anything that, that's, that's aggressive in how they act. And you'll watch them, and they literally will go after the weakest link. They don't go for the biggest bull, the biggest. They don't go for the biggest and baddest anything. They look for the one that's limping, the one that's older, the one, anything that shows this is a higher percentage kill. The, the word of God says the devil goes about as why do you say that? Because we need to look at what a lion does. And I'm telling you, you open the door of, well, that just offended the people. And I don't know why, why they're always like, no one likes me. Yeah, that's right. That's your life right now. No, your leg ain't hurt. You are showing yourself as devil. Come take a bite out of me. We don't want to hear this. We don't pay attention to this. You know why? Because we want to believe that way we think, negative or good, is right. I don't see scripture showing you the right to think that way. I, should, I see scripture that says, take every thought captive. I see scripture that says, think on the, telling us what we should think on. So don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what Bible you're reading, but let's get back to the truth. Otherwise, we're going to be selective in everything we do. And we're not Christianese here. We're followers of Jesus. We love him. Why do we? Because we want to hear and do. Because it's the right thing. See, hearing and doing is going to make a better marriage. Hearing and doing. And you might be thinking, well, I don't know. No, it, it, it will. Yeah, but tell that to my husband. Tell that. No, see, that's the point. If I had to tell them, that means they're not doing it. And because they're not doing it, that's why you're telling me to tell that to them. You hear what I said? I hope you did. Because if they're hearing and doing, things are going to start working out. Listen, there's no perfect person in here. I'll raise my hand to that. There is none. No matter what you're doing in church, where you're at in church, if you're just attending or if you're working in ministry, there's no perfect people. That means there's going to be drama. Now, we, we wish that there wasn't, but there's drama with people. And you're not going to find a perfect church until we get to heaven. But we need to understand that when we're looking at ourselves, hey, it's like family. You don't look at, I know you love your kids, but you know they're not perfect. And each one's different, right? But you know that's good. And I don't have a problem with that. It's just a lot more work as a parent. You wish they were all like number one. And you already got number one memorized. So all the rest are like, this is nothing. But all of a sudden, number two is like, who is this parent? Who made this child? And then if you're some of you parents, because you guys like, you know, you like groups and clans and, you know, you go into the fours and fives and sixes. And I'm like going, man, you, you're trying to make your own ball team. That's what you're doing. But that's all, that. No, that's cool. And I have no problem with that because I believe that you believe that we need to grow the church. And you're saying, I want to help pastor. So the thing is, is you, you, but parents that if you have more than one child, you know completely what I'm talking about. But when you get down to two and then the three and you're going like, they're, they're just different, but you never go, well, they're not like one. So let's get rid of them. 
experience? The thought might have crossed your mind. I bet I can get a car out of this one. <laughs> but, the, the, but isn't that true? So we realize that and we recognize that. But hey, that's what life's about. We recognize it. Unless you can raise your hand and say, you know what? Just to let you know, I am perfect. I've never done anything wrong to anyone. I am perfect. I have, I'm just perfect. No one can do that, right? I can't see your hand anyway, but if you're raising your hand, I'll lead you to Jesus later because you, you lost. <laughs> so the Bible says, I mean, that's, I keep saying the Bible. Psychology says this, remembering traumatic experiences will always be done over positive ones. So we'll, we'll, we'll look at that one negative over all the good. Isn't that terrible? That's the nature. That's the nature. We, if we don't watch it, we'll all do that. Recall insults better than praise. Don't you do that? Listen, this isn't to make you feel guilty. We're all guilty. I'm reading this to me, not just you. So don't go, I don't want to raise my hand anymore. I'm doing this too much. People are going to think I'm crazy. We already do. You don't have to raise your hand. Look at this. Reacts more strongly to negative stimuli. Thinks about negative things more frequently than positive ones. <laughs> you're not that tall, so I don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> it cracks me up. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> it's, it's okay to stand in faith and believe. <laughs> Think about negative things more frequently than positive ones. Don't we do that? I'm reading you the nature of the flesh. We all have done that, correct? But what does the Bible say? It makes it clear that we are to put off, take off the old ways, the old person. That's an action that has to take apart. That's, that's not going to, Lord, change me. That's fake prayer. That's people that don't know scripture. Lord, make me better. That's fake prayer. That's people that don't know scripture. I don't care what church it is. I'm talking to everybody that wants to listen to me concerning scripture. That's not, that's not Bible. That's an Old Testament view of a new covenant, which according to Jesus, those don't work together. That's been passed away. That's done. So there is no Lord change me, Lord fix this, Lord this. That's, that's, that's bull. You know, that ain't, that ain't new covenant. Our responsibility, you take off old. You take off the old ways. I mean, come on. You, I'm sure some of you prayed that prayer. Lord, change him. Lord, change her. How many years are you going to be praying that prayer? Because what's going to happen is because of that false, ugly doctrine, guess who you're going to blame? You're going to blame God. Why you're putting it all on him, you will blame him. I've seen it. Gosh, I don't want that to happen in people's lives. He doesn't deserve it. He loves you so much. He's faithful to you. Even when you're unfaithful, he's faithful. How oh, awesome. So when we look at this, okay, that's the, that's the data. It's filled with negative, negative, negative. But have you noticed that when you go to your Facebook or Instagram, Ever notice that this isn't a reality? You ever notice that? All that I just said is, is true concerning human nature. But then when you look at Facebook and the Instagrams, the social media, none of this is an action. You ever thought about that? So if we have more of a negative, and I'm talking about the nature, the natural person, the normal lives, then wouldn't it be more real to life if in the picture of you having dinner or at the restaurant with your family, it'd be more like? Wouldn't it be? According to reality, of course it would be. But see, this is something that I believe has taken the place of what was a major problem years ago with soap operas. 
where people would just sit there and watch fantasy all day long. And then look in life with that same fantasy that these people are playing a part that isn't even real. But see, that's not what the, how the mind works. The mind works completely on what you believe it believes. Remember how I've showed you, you can take something that's not even real or, or, or in your hand, and you can start focusing on a lemon, thinking of a lemon, even starting to smell a lemon and taste a lemon and process a lemon. And ultimately, your body is going to believe that you really have a lemon in your hand and there's nothing there. That's the power of your mind. But also that shows you a lot you need to see concerning your body's reaction. You know this is true. But wait a minute. What if I said you took that sickness and disease or that anger or that hatred and you process it? What's going to happen? It's already proven in medical science. Your body starts breaking down. What are your thoughts? Don't just assume, I know what I think, so it's right. No. Think on right things, according to Scripture. Good things. Right? I know you're having issues with your husband or your wife or your kids. But what are you thinking about mostly? Probably mostly the problems or the issues. Well, will that fix it? It never will. It, 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 it can't. So ultimately, what's it doing to you? It's, you're getting worse. Well, I'm not supposed to think about it. I'm not supposed to see, that's the challenge of this new life. We still want to fight the old way, to be the old way, instead of to live the new life. And I know the new life is difficult when Jesus talks in the way where, you know, if someone slaps you on the right, turn the left. You know, if someone steals your coat, give them your sneakers. You know, that's, I mean, those are the things where you hear Jesus, and you're like going, uh, he was talking to them. He wasn't talking to us. This is a new era. But I mean, it, the point is, is what Jesus is showing us is his way is not our way. But his, his way is the best way. And that's what we want to realize, okay? We want to always remember that. So when you look at social media, and this is, this is all factual, People exaggerate. It's, it's normal. This is a constant in social media posts. They exaggerate. And the reason why they do is they're looking for attention. They want to appear interesting or they need others to like them. Or they want others to believe they are successful. So that's what they do. So the, the, so the couple can fight all the way to Denny's or church. And once they walk in the Denny's, it's la, 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 la. We're in church. La, 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 la. Sit down. Selfies. Get back in the car. Ah! So what have we done? We promoted a lie. I'm not telling you to post your anger and your anger and fighting. You get in an argue with your husband. All of a sudden, you're pulling out your, you know, take a selfie now. I'm not, I'm not telling anybody to do that. I just want you to be real because what's happening is some of you are getting fantasy la-la land and you're actually assuming and believing that all those people are having that life. I'm a pastor. I've been doing this for over 35 years. I'm telling you right now, it's a big fat lie. I know a lot of those people and they're messed up. I remember telling a leader years ago, I said, you got to quit posting all this stuff. Your life screwed up, your marriage screwed up, and your kids are not even walking as believers. And he said, can't. I said, why? He goes, because I'm called to this. And I said, you don't know the Bible. I said, that's it. I left it at that. I don't say anything. I don't, I don't say, don't listen to that idiot. Don't do anything. Talk to the person, give them opportunity to change, and that's it. But it disgusts me. It disgusts me. Because I know there's people that sit there and think, oh, how wonderful. You don't even know them. I know nothing about them. How many years as a pastor, I see this all the time. What did I just say a little bit ago? No one's perfect. 
but acknowledge it. Quit faking. People want to hear, you know, I had a really screwed up week this week. Thank God, I'm going to press forward. That's reality. All right, I'm going to get off that one because I can just go into a crazy person. People exaggerate because they're overcompensating to hide insecurities. People have rough marriages and they want to view and see something that they're not really having. Why is this necessary to hear? Because I want you to have change. I want you to have a life that's real. If you're living in fantasy land, you'll never have it. Never. It will never happen. Like I said, let me preface this again. I'm not telling you not to post anything. That's up to you. I don't deal with that crap. I mean, stuff anyway. All I'm saying is, is I get it. I get it. And there's, listen, there's nothing wrong with positive because positive is, it spreads. It does help. But let positive be real, not fake. Because when you're constantly seeing fake You're assuming that that's really a real life. And I'm telling you, live with the person 24-7 all uh, through their months and a year and then say, yeah, that's real or a lie. But other than that, you need to take stuff with a grain of salt because what I'm seeing and what I know statistically what's happening is people are making decisions based upon what they're seeing out there and thinking that's reality. And so they're quitting on marriages, they're, they're jumping jobs, they're, they're making changes, all because of fakeness. And you're going to end up hurting yourself. It's just not what you want at all. People are creating their own reality. They copy others that are copying others that are copying others that are copying others. You see this person doing such a great thing and everybody's going, oh, we should do the same thing. So they do it and copy and copy and copy. So there's no really, I really want to do it. No, you want to do it because and you need to have the same picture as there's no reality in this. And that's what we want. We want to have life Live life as your life is to be lived. Your family, your marriage, your own single life, whatever it is. Living life because ultimately you're the salesperson of your life. And you can't sell someone else's life through you. Use car salesmen. Whoops, I shouldn't have said that. That's bad. That's really bad. I shouldn't do that. So let's get a look at this scripture. I want to show you this because um, you know how I like to get real with scripture. And when it comes to the disciples and Jesus, there's so much reality there. I believe it's just rough to see a lot of truth because we we tend to read the Bible, get through it, and and not really, you know, hold up here. What's going on? Let's pay attention to what's happening. Let's, let's realize what's being said. Let's look at the storyline. And, and when we do that, then all of a sudden this word will and truly does come alive. Uh, it's just so beautiful. I, uh, I've read it thousands upon thousands of times. And it's still real to me. I can read a book maybe two or three times and it's, it's, I've read it. It doesn't come alive. It isn't, it isn't new. It isn't fresh. This is. It's amazing. I read the same scripture over and over and over. I can guarantee you it's going to impact my life. It's a living word. This is why this isn't religion. This is truth. It's so wonderful to be connected to this, to know that this, this word, this truth, is to help it impact my life and for me to help impact other people's lives. That's what I believe for each and every one of you, your life impactors. In your life, in your marriage, in your children, your life impactors. Understand that. 
Understand that your actions affect them. So you want to stand strong. You want to be strong, especially during this situation, this time period. Hopefully you guys aren't freaking out, especially in front of them, because they're going to have things they're going to have to deal with them when they get older. And what are they going to do? Exactly what you did. And I know a lot of things that you might be doing. You're not wanting your kids to have that or be that, right? And so let's always remember that. Remember that. No matter what, we're human beings, and human beings are copycats. Every one of us. There's not, there's not one person that says, I'm self-made, I've never learned from no one. That's not true. You wouldn't be able to talk or to do anything because you didn't learn to read. You didn't learn to, you, you wouldn't be able to do anything. You guys got that? All right. So Luke chapter eight, verse 26. This is a story that happens right after the disciples thought they were going to die. I'm not playing games, and they're not playing games with what they believed. They had the complete feeling and expectation that we are going to die right now. Have you ever been in a situation in your life where you felt that way? Any, any, in a life where you go, I don't think I'm going to make this one. I've had, I've had guns on my head. I mean, I've been in some crazy, now this is before Jesus. And, but I've had, I literally have had, well, no, there are some times even with Jesus, there are some. I remember I was doing work out in the, um, the freeway. And uh, one of the guys I played baseball with, his dad had a company that put out all the barricades. So they'd hire the, you know, some of us in the summer and it was, a night sh- it was a night shift because that's when they worked. They'd go out in the middle of the night. And it's when they were cutting grooves in, black, in the freeways. I was one of the guys driving one of the, the vehicles with the lights and everything. And, and we'd go and we'd you know, have guys picking up them. But as we were doing this one time about Indian school, between Indian school and Camelback on the freeway, um, someone started shooting at us. And we all hit the deck on that concrete barrier. We're, we're hiding. I mean, literally, so two shots. And I thought, oh, forget this. I literally ran across the freeway and ran toward the people with the gun shooting. I know, isn't that stupid? That's really the dumbest thing in the world. No, don't look at that and go, wow, you're Superman. Thor, but not Superman. But anyway. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, is that's idiotic. I mean, that is, that's, you don't do that. But I was in a different place in my life then different place. But I made a decision last year. I'll never do that again. Oh, I did. I forgot I was working part-time. No. But the, the point is, is I've been in positions or situations where this is not good. This is not a good situation. And these guys, remember the story where they literally have to wake Jesus up? Now, let's, let's just look at this because I need you to see something. They're not going, ooh, it's a little bumpy. Jesus, wake up. Scripture shows us that not only was water filling it, but the boat was breaking up. So these are guys that were not just sign of trouble, run to Jesus. They were going through a process of we got to get this fixed. We, gotta, we have to do whatever it takes to, to live. And ultimately, they believe. Now, Again, I don't know if you've been in a position, but that isn't, you're not thinking, oh, there's so much opportunity for my future. You literally believe you're going to die. And they scream, they're in, they're, they're frantic. Jesus, you don't care. We're going to die. We are going to die. And then Jesus took care of the situation. And the Bible says they now get to the other side. They move to the other side and then immediately they move into something else. Now, we read the Bible. You read about that story. Now you read this one. So they arrived in the region of Gerasenes across the Lake of Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, 
A man who was possessed by demons came to meet him. For a long time, he had been homeless and naked, living in a cemetery outside of town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he ran up to Jesus, fell down at his feet. Yeah, I do that. That's how I read the Bible. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked, fell down in front of him. He screamed, why are you interfering with me? He's demon-possessed. They don't talk normal. And by the way, according to Scripture, there are 2,000 demons in this guy. So I'm sure there's just not one talking. They're probably all, that's got to be scary. That's got to be freaky. You ever been around someone? Have you ever seen a demon-possessed person? I have. I've cast out demons out of people here and in Guatemala and Mexico. I had a witch spitting on me. That's a, that's a position of a curse, trying to curse me. I cast a demon out of her. She went, just went relaxed and dumb and stopped it completely. But I got, I got that thing. I don't want to spit on me. I got issues with spit. I told you the conference and a little spit from the pastor uh, the, the preacher was preaching, a little spit hit my knee, and I had shorts on. That was it. I couldn't hear any anointed word that he was talking about. All I felt was spit on my leg. You know, what's crazy is for that spit to get there, he was already down by the audience. So he's sitting there talking for like 15 minutes by me, and all I'm thinking is, I got to get that thing off me. There, there's no anointed spit. That's nasty. It's on my leg. And then when you wipe it off, a week I felt that thing there. So anyway, I don't like spit. But anyway, I've, I've been in a position. <laughs> well, I'm sure you don't either. But, um, and sometimes with the light, sometimes a little, little spit will fly. But I know it won't make it to you guys. I'd have to... <laughs> I'd, have to get, I'd have to get a big old one to get it out there. So y'all good? Don't freak out on me. Now, pretty soon, to come to church, and why isn't the first row? Why ain't anybody filling up the first row? Why are people putting cloths, blankies on them? It's hot in here. So, so the, the demon is, this is scary. Now, okay, we read, we're going to die. Get to the other side. Immediately, Jesus getting out of the boat. Jesus! If you're a disciple, what's going on up here? Because I can tell you what I think. There's no way in the world. I'm, I'm a disciple. I just went through hell. I believed I'm dead. Jesus wakes up and calms a storm, but I'm still shaking. This was, <laughs> this was terrible. Thank God, Jesus, you were in the boat. But man, that was terrible. I need a break. Jesus, can we like go to a movie when we get to over there? I mean, I need some time, man. This was rough. I, we, need, we need, I don't know, vacation maybe? Because you know, when I signed up for this, I didn't know it was every day. <laughs> I, I don't know, do we have part-time disciples or what? Now, you might, you might not think that I think this way. I get off in la-la land and sometimes a little crazy, but it really hits home to me because if I don't see reality in there, this is fake. You know why people out there can't receive it or, people, or even Christians can't live it? Because it's not real. It's a religious book. It's a book that you read because you don't want God to get mad at you. But it's not life. And until you see this as life, and that's what I do. I, I know I, and, and many of our, our, of our teachers, I know Pastor Lau and Pastor Sasha and, and others, we try to do what we can to get you to realize that this is what this is. It's just not this religious book with, you know, different type of formulas and things like that. It's life. And it really needs to be portrayed that way. 
I believe. I believe I'm pretty right on when I say that because that's what Jesus did. I wasn't this way all the time in my Christian walk, but I got here. I got to that place of allowing this to come alive. And when I see this, I see the disciples, man, listen, I, please. They thought they were going to be dead. And now they're going to the other side, and there's no break. They're with Jesus. Now, you know they're going to the other side thinking, man, we can have a little, uh, the beach is good over in this side. We can roll out some, you know, sleeping bags and, you know, chill for a while because that was tough. That was a tough time. And I just, you know, let's, let's build a campfire, sing Kumbaya, my Lord. Let's do something. And they get to the other side and the first thing happens, a demon possessed a crazy man, a naked crazy man comes running to Jesus. I don't know about you, but if I'm a disciple, I'm going, oh, heck no, man. In his name, get out of here. You know, the thing is, is I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be at all like I'm getting out of the boat. I'd be more in the ship going, he'll handle it. Because this guy's crazy. Remember, Jesus is not talking to a person. He's talking to demons. We are legion. <laughs> Disciples going, I ain't going out. No way. I ain't getting out. I ain't not getting out of the boat. Peter, go. Usually do dumb stuff. Go. Peter's like going, dude, I'm not. I walked on water. I'm not going any further than this. I don't believe that they're really energetic about moving forward. But see, Jesus had a purpose. He knew someone was bound. He knew someone was hurting. And he was going to have a visit with this madman. The evil man, demonic press, screams, why are you interfering with me, Jesus? Son of the most high God, please, I beg you, don't torture me! That's what's going on. Not you reading the Bible going, please, I beg you, don't torture me. Because that's what's happening. Bring it to life. Feel the drama and the experience. Why? Because that's what you have in life. You just went through an ugly, and all of a sudden, instead of it being vacation time, they canceled your trip because of a pandemic. What are you going to do? Ugly to uglier. Figured, oh, let's just plan it six months later. Everything's better now. Whoops, they canceled that one. That can get you mad. I was mad for a while. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about us, me. What do I do? Throw the fit, whine, cry, look at all the ugly and negative. No, plan for later. It'll be bigger and better. Why? Because I'm just not going to go down that road. I've, I've lived that, low, that road and it doesn't produce anything. It doesn't produce health. It doesn't produce life. It doesn't produce anything good. Why, why do I need to go down that road? I don't. And even if that's where the crowd goes, so I don't need to join the crowd. Hear me, follower of Jesus. It's a narrow road, not in the sense that it's God's will for few. It's a narrow road because most of the people don't want to walk it. They want to walk where everybody, it's everybody's belief and everybody has opinion and everybody's view is correct and everybody has a truth that has to be respected. No way. That is what the word is talking about. He's saying Jesus is one and the only way to the Father. That's it. That's narrow. And you might be thinking that's narrow-minded. Let me help you on that. One plus one equals two. You have to say the same thing. That's narrow-minded. Say it. 
That's narrow-minded. You know why you won't? Because that's a truth. And you relate to a truth differently than a non-truth. And you don't believe Jesus is true, so that's why you can say that's narrow-minded. I say it's open-minded because when it comes to Jesus, he died for the world, silly. The world. He didn't die for the perfect. He didn't just die for the Jew. He died for God so loved the world. Don't bring narrow-minded in this. This is a God that loves you greatly. He just said, believe on my son. Listen, Jesus went to the cross, and in his word, he said, my father is with me always. He said that. And then on the cross, when all the sins of the world came upon him, the father turned away from him left him alone. Why? Because you will never have to be. Never. Never. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said this, I will be with you to the ends of the world. That's the God we serve. Narrow-minded? Nah. Not at all. Not at all. When it's truth, it's truth. And I don't have a problem with that. Praise God. Jesus commanded the evil spirit to come out of him, the spirit to control the man, even when he was placed under guard. Now they're talking about how this guy lived his life. He was placed under guard, put in chains and shackles, and he simply broke them. That is crazy strength. Can you imagine that? You know, chains, they're not talking about little dog chains. We're talking about, excuse me, Bible times. These are massive chains, massive brutes. I mean, shackles that they're not fit. You know, if, it, if, if they're too small, they don't look for an extra large. They just jam the thing on you. They don't care. This guy is ripping these things off. That is crazy strength. Isn't it? It says that he'd take a rocks and he'd cut himself. Why is this guy doing it? It's not this guy doing it. But I want you to pay attention to the message. He's under bondage. He's under attack. He has no control over his will. They even are ripping into his body because they're controlling him. But I want you to understand something. 2,000 demons live in this guy. Could not kill him. Jesus said, what's your name? Legion. Legion. We are many. And the demons started begging Jesus. Don't send us to the bottomless pit. See, they know their end. The devil knows his end. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Oh, my gosh. Don't set us in the bottom of us. <laughs> there happened to be a large, over 2,000 pigs out in the field out there. So the demons begged Jesus Jesus is like, go on. I'm Jew. I don't eat pork. Go ahead. No, he didn't say that. I'm sure he thought that, though. I wouldn't taste that nasty thing. Look at him. So he said, go ahead. What did they do? The 2,000, because Jesus told them to leave, they have to leave. Go into the pigs. And what did they do? The first thing they do, kill the pigs. First thing. Why? Because that's the devil. They're not looking for a house to stay in and be comfy in life. No. They wanted to kill that guy, and 2,000 couldn't kill him. The instant they got out into the pigs, what did they do? The Bible says they ran off the side of a mountain and drowned in the water. The lake, the, the sea. Think about it. You're a follower of Jesus. 
Don't ever think the enemy can do anything to you. He can't. You got God in you. Greater is he that is in you. Yeah, but why? Because you have a truth that you don't believe or you don't know. And if you don't believe or don't know, you believe another truth. And I try to tell people this. There is no not believe or believe. You're going to believe. So whatever that belief is, it can, it can be the right one. But I'm going to tell you right now, if it ain't the right one, it doesn't void. A belief will be there. You guys see that? It, it, there is no a common ground or an emptiness. You will always have a replacement. There's always a replacement going on. That's why the renewing the mind process is that teaching. It's that instruction that we take out old way, but add in the new way. That's the process. There is no take out old and all good. Hear this because this is talking about marriage, talking about life. It's talking about raising kids. It doesn't operate that way. For me as a, as a papa, because that's how we're called, that's what I'm called in my house. It's not dad or daddy or anything like that. It's papa, all right? So me as papa in my house, I had to make a conscious decision in the very beginning with my father in heaven. And that is, is I will not just subconsciously raise my kids. In other words, the way I was raised. I'm going to tell you right now, parent, if you don't consciously make decisions on every situation, especially early on, you are raising them just like you were raised. I don't care what you want to think or believe. That is the truth. They're going to have exactly what you had or worse. You have to consciously recognize the responsibility to do the right things. Am I perfect? No. Kids are. No, hey, parents, wouldn't you say that? Come on, don't look at me that way. Oh, he just thinks his kids are perfect, don't you? We know there's no perfection, but whatever. You know, it's a, it's a parent statement. It's not, we know that, right? You guys all looking at me like, preacher kid, preacher kid. The thing is, is it doesn't matter. I see greatness in their lives. I see good in their lives. But I also understand I have to make sure I'm not reacting. I have to consciously. And there have been times when I screwed up. There have been times when I reacted. I did the old man, the old way action. I had to repent from it. I had to, I had to ask forgiveness. But most of the time, it ain't that way. But I had to make that choice. Are you guys hearing me? So we got to make that choice. It's okay. We all screw up sometimes. We all make mistakes. No big deal. Let's just move on because today's a new day. Amen? No big deal. One thing about me and, and anybody that really knows me can say, that's a fact, is, is I'm not going to carry stuff about you. If your attitude is, I want to grow and move on, I'm with you. And I'll be the biggest, largest cheerleader. But if you want to backfire and you want to take it a different level, that's on you. But you can never, no one can ever point their finger at me and say, I didn't stand with you. No one can. Now, if you go shoot someone, I'm not going to stand with you. I'm not talking about that, all right? Don't get goofy. So here we have now all the demons plunge into the sea. <laughs> That's crazy. And the herdsmen, the guys that were with the pigs, they run into the town. They just watched all their pigs. What's a pig to them? Ching, dollar sign. They're not raising pigs because, hey, we just having out pig pets. They would get your pig here. No, that's money. That's cash. That's food. They're in a Gentile nation. I mean, pork chops are on the recipe. All right? Bacon, ham. I mean, that's all there. So what happens? What, what is going on now? They run to the town. The guy, the guy's healed. The naked guy, the naked guy. The, that guy is healed. He is, we saw 
I'm healed. I'm telling you, this is crazy. Everybody come. The whole town is going, what's going on? The whole town runs out there. And what do they see? They see naked man with clothes on. Chilling. What's up, guys? He, he's all normal. It's, look at this. The herdsmen saw it. They fled to the nearby town, surrounding the countryside, spreading the news as they ran. Come, come and see this. People rushed out to see what happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus. They saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed, perfectly sane. And they were excited for this great miracle. I know, I wish the Bible said that, but you know what? It didn't. What did it say? It said life. You see, many of you are a naked madman. Don't even try to picture that in your head. It'll get freaky. But you are. You see, you were that crazy person. Out of control. Life's out of control. Other people seen it, or maybe a few. But you were that person. Until Jesus showed up. And when he showed up, freedom came to your life. See, this is a miracle. This is something that well, anybody can help me. I just go see a psychologist, school counselor. No, Jesus. See, that's what he does. He saw this crazy guy. And no matter knowing the storm is coming, he took his disciples through that storm to the place of setting one man free. Why? That is the definition. God's passion and love as much as any story in the Bible. We just don't see it. And we have Jesus setting him free and him sitting at the feet of Jesus, chill, sane, clothes on. I know I stopped there too. It's like, were they, do they carry a suitcase? What, how do they, how did, where, cause where'd the clothes come from? And my thoughts were, they had to be wet, right? I mean, they just got through a... You think they had waterproof bags then? Come on, wake up, join the story with me. Y'all were going, wait a minute, it was spiritual, and now you're going crazy. That's how I work. I'm weird. But I'm thinking, what how did this happen? I believe, I believe totally that once they pulled that wet clothes, that Jesus grabs that clothes, and all of a sudden it dries up. Just like when Moses... Bam, and, the, and everything dried up. The Bible said the whole ground, everything dried up. It didn't say they marched through mud and dragged themselves through the muddy because it's been an ocean. No, dry land, completely dry land. I believe that Jesus grabbed, Peter, give me, give me your other clothes. I just bought it. Okay, John, give me yours. Okay, anything for you, Jesus. It's a little wet, and Jesus went, bam, and it dry. Clothed, I believe Jesus clothed that naked man. He sat down at the feet of Jesus in love, in awe. The people came running. They saw him. Instead of saying, this is a miracle. Run. Get your nanas. Get your papas. Get your kids. Get everybody that's sick. Don't tell me that town is not filled with sick people. All they do is eat pork. <laughs> they got some messed up people there. And so here they are. You know, come on, man, be real. You know things are ugly. And what do they do? They're afraid because they see him saying, new, I'm a born again believer. Just like you, when you thought everybody would be happy for you. 
Your crazy life ain't crazy no more. You thought everybody would rejoice. You thought, listen, I don't get drunk and on drugs and drive DUI anymore. Aren't you happy? You think you're better than us. What? Are you kidding me? I just, I, I just explained to you that on weekends I'm not, you know, puking my guts out or, or, or acting like a fool because I'm drugged up or drunk or, or doing evil. I'm not doing that no more. I'm, I'm good. I'm there. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. That was 2,000 years ago. Y'all know it's happening today. Go to your family and say, I received Jesus. What? You joined a cult? No, I just, I'm, I, I, I'm changed. It's changing me. I just don't know why you did this. You don't cuss like you used to. You don't scream and yell like you. What happened to the real you? Months before they going, I wish you were dead. And now you're alive. And they still wish you were dead. Don't tell me this world ain't crazy. It's crazy. Just like this story. So what do we do? We read the Bible and we realize, you know what? It is so relevant for today. It's just, we have to have a little enthusiasm as we read the scripture. You young ones in here, listen to pastor. Listen to your spiritual papa and and get crazy with the Bible from now on, you know. And pretty soon your parents are going to walk in and you're reading the Bible and you're going, ah! That's crazy. And they're going to go, what are you doing? I'm reading the Bible. Not acting that way you aren't. You go, no, I listen, pastor. He's crazy. I'm crazy now too. And you come tell me and we'll rejoice together. I'll be so happy for you. But that's what I want for everybody in here. Come alive. Know this is real. Know this is happening. The the madman got saved. He's sane. He's dressed. He's not running around naked, all bleeding and going, hey ripping chains. No one can guard him. And all of a sudden now he's like going, la, 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 la. Hey, what are we going to do later? Hey, Jesus, can I be one of your disciples? Actually, this is what he's doing. He did ask this question. Can I, can I, can I please? I'm just as good as those guys. Look, they're still in the boat. They're scaredy cats. (laughs) Let me follow you, Jesus. Let me be your disciple. Jesus went, no. No, he didn't. He, yeah, he said no, but he didn't say, no, he, I, I don't want to, uh, he did say no. He said this, no, I want you to impact your city. Why? Because he's the one that can. Disciples can't. He can. Well, wait a minute. What about Jesus? He can't. Oh yeah, I got you, didn't I? He can't. Just like when he went his own town, he couldn't do anything. Why? How they believed, how they saw him. First thing they said is this. This is terrible. What just happened to him? Get away from us. Exactly. That is their heart and their attitude. Go, leave us. The whole town is crazy. What better than to have an ex-crazy, number one crazy, help this city. Praise God. Aren't you loving Jesus right now? Listen, you, you out there, you probably a madman. We got mad men and women in here. The point is, is listen, nothing stops Jesus from coming to set you free. Nothing. I don't care if you got one demon or 2,000. He's going to say, get out. Get out. You don't belong in this house. You need to recognize that. Listen, you, you Christian, you ain't demon possessed anyway. But anyway, the point is, is, we don't have to be in fear of the enemy. We have to be in control. And control is operating on truth and the stability of that truth. Remember, the Bible said this. These are those that hear my word and stand on it and make a foundation in that truth. And when storms come, pandemics come, difficulties come, Family problems come, marriage problems come. When they come, you're going to stand. You're going to stand. Not because of your opinion, your feeling, your thoughts. No, because your belief 
and the word of God. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for the word and we thank you for the word because it is life. And as I speak the word of life, I ask right now out there throughout the world and in here in this church that if you have not received Jesus, here's your opportunity because he's coming knocking at your door. He's asking for you to let him in and allow your life to finally experience true life. Truth, not a lie, but you have to ask him in. He's not going to force his way. You have to ask him. Very simple. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I want this new life and I want you to be a part of it. Thank you, Jesus. You do not lie. And the Bible says that if I call in the name of the Lord, I will be saved. I called on your name. I am saved. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. I'm a part of your family now, and I thank you for it. Every head bowed out there. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like you just to touch that button out there. Just let us know that you received Jesus. If you like, send an address. I'll send you a little book to help you on your walk. That's all you'll get from me. Nothing else but that. In here, if you receive Jesus, you've never done this before, go ahead and lift your hand. I have a little booklet for you. Anyone in here at all? Love life, first time you receive Jesus. All of you guys are followers of Jesus then. Okay. Well, thank you, Jesus. God is good, is he not? You can look up and look at me now. Special. Hey, I'm still here. Love you guys. Love you all out there. Hey, let's do this, okay? We, we're not going to let the enemy run our lives. We're going to run our lives. And we're going to own, own 2020. Amen? Love you. Be blessed. In Jesus' name. See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.